scripture to you. It's just one scripture. And I, um, I appreciate Andrew Womack made a statement about this scripture. And uh, I say that because he came out of a denominational church. A denominational church that believes in basically just the new birth. And, and that's not to be ugly. It's just a fact. And he'll say so himself. There's a lot of people that what they believe is right and they believe a lot. And, um, there, you know, 50 years ago, there was, there was a lot of churches that got up every Sunday morning and just preached to come to Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that. But there was not a lot to help the Christian. Everything was come to Jesus, hold out until you die. And uh, that's, that's not helpful, really. When I came along um, and got born again, there was a lot of teaching on who you are in Christ. This scripture right here is a game changer, what I'm about to read. It, it literally will change everything in your mind about the Bible and about God. And if you don't know it, then the Bible becomes a confusing book. It's a book of do's and don'ts. It's a book of I'm trying to live right and not a lot of victory. Uh, because of that, a lot of people are, are you know, the, the message of God. Now, let me say something real quick about sovereignty. God is a sovereign God. You know, when, when I talk about the sovereignty message, I'm not saying he's not sovereign. Oh, he's very sovereign. He made the earth in his sovereignty. He didn't ask me or you. He decided that Jesus would, be, would go to the cross and die for our sins. He sovereignly did that. But what he did in his sovereignty, he limited salvation to Jesus. He did that. And he limited himself to your prayers. Now, he did that. And that's a sovereign act. But, because, but there's people who think, well, we're just going to just leave it all up to God. Well, that's not Bible. That's not scriptural. And one of the areas that we struggle with, and I see people struggle with, is areas of their flesh. All of us have flesh. And we pray things like this. Oh, God, do something about this. Well, he's not going to. And that's where you and I have to kind of wake up and go, wow. Because we've had people pray about things for weeks and months and nothing happens. Because you're asking him to do something, he can't, he can't do it. I mean, ask him to change the diapers to your baby, and, and I got news for you, it's going to get real smelly in your house. And, um, and I know that sounds almost s- silly, but there's things we're praying about. So this scripture right here, I want to read it to you, and I want you to mark it in your Bible. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify, that word means set apart, you completely. Now what's he talking about, you completely? And then he says, may your whole spirit, and I'm going to use the word and, I know it's not in here, and your soul and your body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so he's talking here about the fact that we are a spirit, have a soul, and live in a body. Now, that's, if you want the big fancy word so you could impress people, it's called trichotomy. So if you say, we've been studying trichotomy, and they won't have a clue what you're talking about. And you'll go, well, you go to a really deep church. 
Okay, trichonomy is the study of man. Now, did you know that psychology does not know what I just read to you? They don't know this. They, they, they know something's in there. And they don't know what it is. You can't put the spirit of a man under a microscope. As a matter of fact, theologians struggle with Paul's statement in the spirit. What does that mean to be in the spirit? Because you cannot put that under a microscope. You have to take that statement by faith. Now, God wants you and I preserved not just our spirit, but our soul and our body preserved blameless. Now, that means he wants all three of us, all three parts of mankind working in harmony and victory. Now, where we've been talking, and if you've been here for the last several weeks that I've been preaching, we've talked extensively about who you are in Christ. Because without you knowing that, the next thing I'm going to say is going to stump you. When we start talking about flesh, you have a tendency, you and I have a tendency to identify with our flesh. I am a male. I am a pastor. I am 64 and a half. I am. All of those things are an identification of my body. I am overweight. I am ugly. I am terrible. Uh, you know, okay. You know, the stuff that we go through in life and the world gets their identity from their flesh. We are not to get our identity from our flesh. We are to get our identity from the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm alive with the life and nature of God. So you've got to get that part of it down. And I can't go over that over and over and over every single week. I can't do it. So tonight, we're going to talk about another part of your three-part being. Now, we're going to talk about, first of all, your spirit is what God did for you in Christ. And you must fight all battles from victory. You must for instance, when you're having trouble with your flesh and you're not acting nice, you've got to fight from the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. I can walk in love. Not, not I am such a bad person. I'm just a terrible Christian and I just can't seem to get it together. Well, you're identifying with your flesh. Yes, you're acting bad, but you're not bad. One of the hardest things for me to get across to people is I see people walk in this church and they're born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. In order for that to happen, you have to be perfect. But yet, but yet their life is not in order. What they do is they avoid church. And the reason they do that is that they're afraid we will see their bad behavior. Because we're not supposed to identify with their behavior any more than we identify with our behavior. 
Now, one of the reasons that God gave you salvation by grace is so the judgmentalism would stop. You see, I, I see, I see Terry from the day that he received Jesus, I see him in Christ. I also know that he's growing. That, that means that there will never be a Sunday he will walk in this church and I will treat him bad because maybe he didn't act very good that day. <laughs> Have you ever had one or two days? Uh, four or five. Four or five. <laughs> All right, let me ask the rest of y'all. Have y'all ever had a day you're just like, I bombed. Let's just go to bed and start again tomorrow. Okay. What the devil does is that he wants you to identify with the failure. You don't identify with the failure. I don't, I, I am an overcomer. I don't identify with bad behavior. Now, do I act bad? Oh, oh. Oh, if you get up here and preach any amount of time, you get to show you're stupid to everybody. I mean, when I screw up, it's public. I found out one thing. You cannot watch Facebook and listen to other people use bad words and you not use one sometimes. I'm, I'm just, you know, I found out, you know, and I'm just, I'm just talking from my own soul because you think it's not getting in you. That dead gum cop, that sorry, good for nothing guy. I, I don't believe they hid out there in their cars. Not, I would slap that guy. You can't get the, you can't get to looking at this stuff without it affecting your soul. And then you get up here and going to preach, something's coming out. So you really have to watch what you watch or don't. You got to cut some stuff off. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Okay. I am doing good. Um, now, I, I, man, I don't know why I didn't ever write this down. Man, where is the scripture fight the good fight of faith? Someone, Second Timothy. I got to write that in my, tell me one more time. Second Timothy one. All right, now I'm going to make a statement to you, and I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. As long as you're on this planet, you're going to be in a fight. That, did you, now listen, for, I said that for two reasons. Number one, why are so many Christians disillusioned about life? Listen, I watched Ozzie and Harriet. And I watched, thank you, I just, First Timothy. it's First Timothy 612. 6-12. I watched Ozzie and Harriet. Mm -hmm. I watched Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> I watched perfect people on TV, and it wasn't going on in my house. Was, did y'all's house look like, this? you know, back in the day, they came to dinner in suits and ties. And you come to church in suits and ties. All right, so what happens is, we become disillusioned. Let me make a statement to you that you didn't know. Ruth Graham said to her dad, Billy Graham, I wish that you and mom had just fought in front of us once. Because she thought 
that her mom and dad were perfect. And when she found out her marriage wasn't, it bred condemnation in her. Now, we should not air our, our junk. And I shouldn't come in here and have to tell you. But I will tell you, Lisa's not perfect. Nor is that guy she's married to. I mean, we, we've, had, we've, had, we've had struggles. Now, let me tell you something. We, we both pray, we both walk with God, and we both work them out. But I don't want you to go through life being disillusioned because you've been walking with God and something happened and you got in a fight with the world the flesh, and the devil. You have got enemies on this planet and you cannot go through life with this dumb look on your face like nothing bad ever happens to you or ever going to happen to you. You know, I'm almost glad that I, I had a cold for a couple of weeks because it's, it's good for you to watch me stand and miss church because I coughed. I didn't stop preaching because I coughed. But that doesn't mean that I just laid down and started crying, nor does it mean I never get attacked. Oh, we get attacked, guys. But because of family, we can't tell y'all. We have to protect the guilty. (laughs) And so do you. There's things you shouldn't air out in front of other people about your family issues. But I don't want you to go through life as though somehow or another you are weird if you have a fight going on with, your, with the world. You are in a fight with the world system. And, you're, and, and, and there's times that the world has pressed you too close into its mold. And you're becoming like the world. And that's very common in church today for us to constantly battle with what we're going to call worldliness. And I'm not talking about makeup and pants. I'm talking about the way the world acts and conducts itself. And you and I are told not to act that way. Now, now, our kids will use the word old-fashioned, but not in my house. Because the Bible is not old-fashioned. We're going to keep it. And that's just the way it is. But the world has got this thing about the fact that, that truth is evolving. Truth's not evolving. Okay. So, so, so remember that you're in a fight, but you're in a good fight. Now, if you do not sanctify your soul and your body, listen to this statement. Listen to what I'm going to say right now. You are a spirit and you've been made the righteousness of God. But if you don't sanctify your body and your mind, you're going to lose the battles you're in. Okay? Now, this is where there's a divide because there's always people and we love them and they walk into church and they really want God to have a magic wand 
to fix what they have not been doing. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Now, now, the thing that you couldn't fix, you were dead in sins. You couldn't do a thing about that. So God did that. But now the rest of you, he ain't doing anything about it. You are. Or if you don't do it, nothing going to get done. Thus, we have church. That's why we have church. It's because, number one, you need a family. You need a family of people who know who you are and love you regardless of your good, bad, and ugly days because you're going to have them, honey. And then you need people to love you and pray for you, good and bad and ugly. And you need to be here for other people, good, bad, and ugly. And you need to grow up and learn the word of God. There's an atmosphere where you're learning the word of God. And it's called church. It's called Wednesday night. And there are people who don't darken the door on Wednesday nights. And we love them, but they'll walk in and, oh, I tell you, it just. It's just falling apart. I don't know what to do. And it's called pity. It's flesh. And you've been a carnal Christian for 30 years. And then we're going to look at you and pray for you. And then we're going to say, why don't you come on Wednesday night? And, oh, I don't have time for that. Well, you are going to stay a mess till you die. And, and listen, we got 85 90% of all the Christians don't live in victory. Most people do not live in victory. And they don't know why they don't live in victory, but, that, but it's a choice they made. All right, y'all out there, did you go home? Now, we're not talking about spirit tonight. We're talking about the other two parts of you. You are more than spirit. You are more than just holy. Now, let's talk about humility for a minute. I know you want to put your best foot forward. But we've seen the other foot. And it has a smell to it. Now, if I could give you one word of wisdom, it would carry you a long ways. Be correctable. I mean, Lord have mercy. We don't, we don't love you less. God doesn't love you less because you're wrong. You're, everybody in here has done stupid. Everybody in this room has done stupid stuff. We've all done stuff. And we all need friends. Somebody to look at you and go, you know, that's not really smart. You ought to change. Now, it, it's, it's sad when, when you think when you, when, you, when you think, well, the pastor said something and I didn't like it. Let me make a statement to y'all. If, every, if you like everything I say, then I am failing. No, if you, if because the area, see the areas of your life that you're not doing, when that sermon comes up, you're, you're going to think, I, I, I don't think you should be talking about that. Let me explain something to y'all. We had this come up, and I won't say nothing about who said it. But we had people come to me and say, I didn't like Mark preaching on money. Well, those are the people that don't tithe. Why do you think they don't like them talking? Because they're not doing what God told them to do. That's why. See, any time, see, if I went to a, a Baptist church, wonderful Baptist church, and preached on tongues, and preached on tongues, 
Uh, half of them wouldn't like it. And yet everything I'd say would be true. But they're not accustomed to calling up and saying, hey, would you get us Pentecostal down here? They don't, you know, th- that's why they're there and we're over here. But, but, but for a long time when that stuff would come on TV, they'd click it off. But a few of them would leave, leave it on. And next thing you know, they'd be Shonda in their living room and they'd become Bobdecostals and they'd leave and become charismatics. But, 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 you know, remember in the book of Acts, it says that when Peter preached to them, it says what he preached cut them to the heart. But yet it said they, they were interested in what he said. Now, there's going to be things people say and times you hear things preached, you're going to, whoo, my God, I'm telling you what, I wish I hadn't come to church today. That is, whoa. Okay. Now, I said that because I'm trying to give you a little bit of wisdom. Now, this is going to be one of those times because anytime you start talking about the word overcoming selfishness, that's not a, that's not a CD seller. Um, uh, Joyce Myers had did a tape one time on pride. Didn't sell a tape, and nobody that nobody came by that table needed it. Everybody came by the table and did need it. They just didn't want to go through listening to it because they knew it was going to be an uncomfortable tape. Okay, your soul is your mind and your emotions, and you have a body. All right. Now, let's talk about your enemies. Let's talk about the world for a minute. I'm not going to get into this, but you have, you have an enemy. James 4, 4. Um, I'm just going to let you pop them on the screen because I could be here all night flipping through my Bible. Now, listen to what I'm, listen to as I read this. You have three enemies, the world, flesh, and the devil. Look at this. Adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God, whoever there wants to be a friend of the world, makes himself an enemy of God. Do you think the Spirit says in vain, the Spirit dwells in you, yearns jealously, but he gives more grace? God, now in the book of Romans, now go over there. That's my next scripture, Romans 12, 2. Go over to Romans 12, 2. And don't be conformed. The word conform means pressed into. Don't, don't allow the world to mold you into its image but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can prove the good, acceptable will of God. We're not supposed to be like the world. But the, but the world is constantly coming along and saying, if you ran your church like this, we would come. And I say, no. If you repent, you come. I'm not, we're not supposed to change our language talking about the Holy Spirit, talking about redemption, talking about trichotomy because you've been in the world. You're supposed to come out of the world and be separate. And, 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 if, and, and there's a, there was a, a, a magazine made a few years ago called Relevant where the church tried to be relevant. In other words, the pastor of a church went to the bar, got him some beer, and sat down with the sinners so that they would be comfortable listening to him preach. Well, here's my take on that. If my faith didn't change me, why would you want it? But all relevance is, 
was just old-fashioned, lukewarm, backslidden, carnal Christian. And that pastor was a carnal Christian trying to find a way to yield to his flesh and still be a Christian. And that goes on all the time. That's being asked of us all the time. It's being asked of you. Compromise a little. All right, I have one. It's my, fa- my favorite. I don't care if your birthday's on Sunday. I'm not coming. Change when you have your party. Now, let's listen. Why in the Sam Hill would your relatives have their birthday party Sunday morning at 10 o'clock? Because they're, because they're like the world. And then they're going, oh, my God, one Sunday. And my take on it is, correct, then shut up and make it at 6 and I'll be there. I don't see, in other words, they're constantly making a demand on us to compromise what we believe and try to meet them in the middle. There's no middle. I'm sorry, I know that sounds bad, but you know what? I'll be at the birthday party. I'm going to be about five hours late. And I, I do it on purpose to make a statement. And every one of your numb nut relatives want to go to Disney on Sunday. Every one of them want to go to Disney and they invite you and buy you tickets. And you can go, you carnal thing. But listen, there's a payday for that kind of mess because you're praying for them to get saved and they see that you don't have enough faith in God that you can't even take a day and you, I'm going to buy God church. Now, you, you know what? Am I, am I, I'm meddling now. I'm sorry, but I just... All right, thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. First John 2, 5. Let's, let's, I'm going I'm to get off my rant. Don't love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The, the, the world right now is in love with the world, and, and, and carnal Christians are in love with the world. They're chasing it. They're chasing careers in the world and it causes them to start compromising their faith. Lisa and I have a friend who's a pastor and he has a daughter that got into um, um, fashion. What is that? Modeling. He called her in one day and said, take your clothes off. And the girl said, no. And the, it was a lady and she said, let me tell you something. You want to make it in this career, take your gum clothes off. Everybody does it. She says, I don't. I, I just want to know, do, do y'all guys have that kind of backbone? I mean, that's, that's a lucrative career they're offering you. Are y'all out there or did you go home? I'm just meddling real bad right now. You know, there's, there's a lot of things. I wouldn't care who said it. I'm not, I'll go, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that. I don't care what you've asked. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to lie for you. I'm not going to steal for you. 
I'm not going to compromise for you. My boss asked me one time, says, Morgan, we hate you. I wish you would just cuss. I said, okay, like sort of like uh, you're going to hell? Never mind. And he said, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I said, I said a cuss word for you. He died at 40 and went straight to hell. But he, he didn't want to hear. Well, don't shout me down. I don't know how I get off and all this stuff. I'm, I'm off. Okay, now the next one, we deal with the world. You are, you are going to deal with the world. Okay, let's go to the next one. Galatians 5.17. The next one you're going to deal with, whether you like it or not, is your flesh. Now, I don't want everybody to start shouting at one time. I, I don't know why we never came up with the idea that we actually have a flesh. But listen to this. Your, it says the flesh. Let's say your flesh. Your flesh right now is lusting against your spirit, man. That's why some of y'all, I'm not going to name names. I just can't hardly pray in the spirit, Pastor. I just can't pray in the spirit. I'll tell you why. Your, 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 your flesh is running your life. Oh, I just don't understand. It's not making sense to me, and I just don't understand the time. I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. Well, I wish you would just quit being so honest with me and just sit down and pray in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> now, listen. Billy Graham, Kenneth Copeland, and Joyce Myers still today have trouble with their flesh. I'll come over here and pray. I'm trying to help us. They are not... Paul said, I keep my body under. Why? Because it's always trying to climb off the altar of God and go do what God said don't do. And that's true for everybody who's born again. You don't go through life and pretend like you don't have a flesh that really wanted to stay in bed Sunday. Are you really wanted to give that person a piece of your mind? Just now, I'm not gonna. Now I'm just gonna say it once, and I know I probably shouldn't say this. And then you just open your mouth and just gush on everybody, and then you walk and say, "Oh, forgive me." Did we just have a flesh flash? Yes, we did. Our flesh is lusting against our spirit and our spirit against our flesh. They're contrary to one another so you don't do the things you wish. And, and, are y'all okay? Are y'all here? You can't just go through life and go, I got this walking with God down. You might have when you woke up, but the sun's going down, baby. And tomorrow's a brand new day. I don't know whether that helps you or not, but that actually is freeing to me because I realize that the temptations coming at me are coming at me from the outside. I don't have a spirit of lust. I don't have, a, I don't have anger. Oh, I've been angry, but I don't have 
the love of God is shed abroad in my heart. So we'll talk in a minute about dealing with your flesh. We'll talk about this, but we have to go here. So, so Galatians 5 or 6, 8. Go to Galatians 6, 8. Don't be deceived. Why do, why do you need to put your flesh under? Well, the Lord loves me. I know he loves me, Pastor. He loves me. I know he loves me. God, I know he loves me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay. I'm glad you got all that down now. <laughs> Don't be deceived. God's not mocked what your sowings coming home. You See, it's not. You can keep a bad temper for years and God will love you all the way through it and forgive you every time you do it, but your chickens are coming home. If you don't want to reap it, then curb it and do something with your flesh. Are y'all out there? You okay? You okay? Am I doing okay? I mean, you, that, this is the reason why you don't want to run around going, well, I just believe the Lord loves me and I just believe that's condemnation preaching and I just don't want to hear that. I just want to preach who I am in Christ. Well, that's fine. But, but there's coming a day when God's going to put you down and go, well, if you're just going to keep doing that, I'm going to let you eat it because you need to stop it. And we see that going on. And I made a statement in here one night about that and, and it really bothered people. And I said, you know, not everything that's happening to you is the devil. And I know that didn't go over real well with, you know, faith and word and charismatic tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy-rolling, uh, faith and word people. The Bible says God resisted the, the, the proud. And I can tell you that personally. <laughs> I'm not talking about Lisa now. I'm talking about me. <laughs> I'm talking about I've had him just put his arm out and go, you know, I'm just going to stuff you for a little while until I get you to change. And I don't, I don't like to tell you about that. And I know you want to know about it because you all love gossip, but I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> now, um, then we're going to talk about the devil. Let me read one. Let me read, let me read 1 Peter 5, 8 to you because you, you, need to, you, you, you need to think about this. If you're on this planet and you're a born-again Christian, the Bible promises you trouble. Thank y'all for all of those amens. So you coming into church and going, what happened? I tithe. I come to church. Well, I don't know what happened. Okay, numb nut, listen. Be sober, be vigilant, your adversary. Do you have an adversary? Yes. All right, I don't know whether you know this or not, but he is, he is working really diligently to mess your life up. All right, if you would get under God, if you would get your, if you would get yourself under God and quit running your own life, 
He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You've got to position yourself under God if you're tired of the devil beating your head in. Now that's called holiness. Not because you're Cuban or Italian. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Because every time there's a problem, we all have excuses. Well, you just don't know my family tree. It's full of nuts. All right. You don't know my circumstance I'm going through. I'm sure I don't, but listen. Am I doing all right, y'all? The reason we're teaching you who you are in Christ and how to fight the good fight of faith is because you're going to need it. Now, let me, let me help y'all. When they drop you in Paris Island, Marines, I didn't say Benton, Georgia, I said Paris Island, and they teach you how to shoot, it's because the next time they drop you, you're going to be in Afghanistan. And there's people over there that want to kill you. The reason that we have meetings in here where we talk, I don't want you to go home and go, wasn't that a wonderful meeting when we talked about praying in the Holy Ghost? That just wonderful, it's wonderful. Did you? Oh, I just loved it. I'm glad you were thrilled with the sermon. But the reason that we taught you is because we want you to practice shooting your gun. Start practicing because if you need it, it's, you're going to be going, now where was that scripture? I don't know why I feel like Gomer Powell tonight, but it just, shazam, y'all. I mean, it just, I love that scripture he preached last week, but I don't remember where it was. And quite frankly, I don't understand the Bible anyway. And <laughs> Well, you would if you read it. Oh, my God, is this, I don't know where I'm getting all this. Go to Ephesians chapter 4 now. Now I'm beginning my sermon. Actually, this is true. Everything I said was to get you to this spot. I want to show you something, and I want you, I want you to take what I'm about to read to you extremely serious. That's the reason why it's in the Bible. Now listen to this statement. Paul is writing to the book of, uh, to, to, the, to the church in Ephesus. And Lisa and I have made a statement. There's more in the Bible than Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. All of those are who you are in Christ. But then we get into 4, 5, and 6. Now, there's a reason this is in here. Now, listen, I'm going to start with verse 17. This I say, therefore, and I testify in the Lord, you should no longer walk like the rest of the Gentiles are walking. Stop it. Stop acting like a sinner. That's a, now, that's a major. I mean, I just hair lip most churches. 
There are things, he said, you're a born-again Christian, you're freed from sin, and there are some things about you, you're going, starting now, stop it. Are y'all okay? Having, now this is talking about the world, having their understanding darkened, they're alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them, because of the blindness of their heart, not their head. Their past feelings, they've given themselves to lewdness and all uncleanliness with greediness, but you did not so learn Christ. If indeed you heard him and have been taught by him the truths in Jesus, put off your former conduct. Get it out of your life. Put it off. That is on purpose. Now, if you don't do it on purpose, you will not do it. You must go, Shirley, I've been reading my Bible, and that is sin. And I choose today in the name of Jesus to stop that. Well, that means you're going to have to get your Bible out and read and pray because you're old flesh. (laughs) Your flesh has been doing that for years. And your flesh goes, Oh, come on. No, why are we still, where we've been having fun? Remember, you reap what you sow. Remember that? It's going to come home one day and you're going to go, I don't know why it's happening to me. Well, 30 years ago, God told you to quit and you didn't. Now, here's the good news about grace. In the book of Revelation, he told a woman who was in adultery, he said, I gave her space. Now, he didn't say a week. He probably gave her years. God, people who get into sex sin, God will have mercy, but there will come a day. He will put a stop to it. You say, I'm a Christian. Yeah. We not know. I love the Lord. Yep. Now, that don't preach real good. I don't get a lot of amens on that one right there. Now, Jimmy Swaggart found it out. I don't believe you mentioned that name. Well, everybody in the world knew about it. And this is not the first time you heard that. I wonder what y'all going to do with Paul talking about the coppersmith and the fact that the Bible even told you what Judas did. I was gossip. Never mind. May the Lord help us, Jesus. Well, he's doing good now, isn't he? And did you know his sex sins wasn't his problem? You know what his problem was? Running preachers down from the pulpit. Attacking people with his mouth. He attacked Christians. And when he did, hit the ground. Okay, never mind. I knew, and y'all didn't like that. The reason I know that, the Lord made me stay home from Raymond one day and sat down and talked to me about Jimmy a year before it happened. He said, I want to show you something. He said, he's going to fall. I went, he's one of my favorite preachers. He said, it'll not be like what you think it will be. But when, but when other preachers on TV started doing better than him, he went to criticize him, calling him publicly. Went down. You don't have the grace to live right. You can't, you can't disobey God and walk in grace. It's God in you. It was God in Jimmy doing what he's doing. It wasn't Jimmy doing what he's doing. And he needed to understand. He didn't take. See, if, if Mark Hankins makes a statement. 
if you see a turtle on a fence post, you know he did not get there by himself. That's deep. And when you see someone sitting up on a fence post like great men of God, they didn't get there by themselves. They didn't put theirself there. So they don't have the right. Okay, neither do you. That's pretty good. All right, just, just, I'm going to be done here in about 10, 15, 20 minutes. Is this too much? I hope not. Put off your former conduct, the old man. He grows corrupt according to deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, when you read Ephesians, he's going to start in verse 25. He's going to talk about lying, anger, the devil, corrupt words, uh, fornication, filthy talking. He's, he's going to make a big long list of flesh. Now, I'm going to make a statement to you right now, and you need to hear what I'm about to say. Your flesh, the way you know it's flesh, is your, it's selfish. It is the opposite of love. love. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is selfishness. And your flesh is selfish. The more fleshy you are, the more carnal you are, the more self-centered you are. There is the difference between a baby Christian and a mature Christian. It isn't tongues. It isn't the gifts of the Spirit. It's in well, Pastor, I'd love to sit and help you, but, you know, I've just been busy. No, you're selfish. And you've never done anything with it. Your life revolves around you. Then there's your children, my kids, my kids, my kids. Don't care about anybody else's kids, just my kids. That's selfish. Now, now, unless we on purpose do something with selfishness, it will stay in our life. And that's tough. It is. It's very, and, and all, all of it is all about me and all about me and it's all about me. And, and yet when someone first gets born again, they walk in. We, we understand that, and you have to have grace with people for a while. But after a while, you've got to look at people and go, no, you don't tell me you're going to work in the nursery and call me and say, no, you didn't. Come in anyway. Amen. Keep your word. Yes. Quit living your whole life for you. Amen. Are you all out there? Did you go home? This is good. Because, because the church today in America, it thinks love is being sweet. It's not being sweet. There's times you tell someone the truth and you don't do it real sweet. That is love. But it means that you're not living any longer just for you. That's how you know you're growing up. Are y'all okay with all that? I mean, I just laid a heavy bomb on y'all. And every one of us deal with this two degrees. We stop and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's just selfish for me to think that way. And you have to own purpose. You have to own purpose. Go. 
See, this is what it means, put off. That means own purpose. You start going, now I'm going to start looking for selfishness. I'm going to look for it. And when I start doing me, 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 I'm going to arrest myself. I'm not, no, you're not going to keep doing that and just, it's all about you, Daryl. It's not all about you. You know, if you're going to be spiritual, one of the hardest things you'll ever do is to pray in the Holy Ghost for a while. Do you know why you don't? You're selfish. You're carnal. Because nobody sees it. Now, if you could get an award, then we'd all pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, if, if they came in and says, okay, start the time clock. Ten minutes, oh my God, get her a biscuit. I mean, dear Lord, this woman doing good. But now here's the thing. You're always off alone. And the television's playing and you're going, that was my movie. And the Lord's going, I need you to pray. And you're like, oh. The character of Jesus Christ is unselfishness. That's what makes him Jesus. That means that if you're going to put your flesh under, the Bible says, put the deeds of your flesh to death. It means kill it. (laughs) That went over real good. That means the selfishness in you, you need to take a knife to it and go, I'm going to kill you. I'm about to kill you. Are y'all okay? And we're talking anger. Listen. Oh, boy. I'm going to go over there anyway. Y'all just, just I'm just going to go someplace. I don't want you to go with me. Your flesh is lusting against your spirit, and your spirit is lusting against your flesh. They're contrary to one another. If you're led by your spirit, you're not under the law. The deeds of your flesh are evident. They're adultery, fornication, unclean, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, outbursts of screaming at each other, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Pastor, I would be there, but, I, you know, I've got a career. Well, I'll find out if it's God. You know, not, every, not everything that you think you want to do, are you supposed to be doing it. Hallelujah. Okay, i got to move on. Hebrews. No, go to Romans 13. Go to Romans 13. Now, see, this would fix a lot of trouble. Now, before I read this, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to read a magazine to you. It's called Unchained. Now, they send this to me. It's called Helping Christians Find Freedom from Pornography and Sex Sins. I know that doesn't mean anybody in here needs this. I'm going to read something Leonard Ravenhill said. Before you can be clean and ready for him to control self-seeking, self-glory, self-interest, self 
self-pity, self-righteousness, and all self-promotion, self-satisfaction, and whatever is self in you must die. Now, Smith Wigglesworth made a statement. He said, God has slain Smith. Though you get born again, God's not finished working on your selfish flesh. And when he sees something he doesn't like, there are times he's going to lead you back around that mountain and slap on your flesh a little bit. Are you all out there? Did you go home? And that's why you come in and go, I don't know why that happened to me. Well, I can tell you why, sweetheart. Okay, never mind. The way of the world is self-seeking. Now, this is A.W. Pink, and I don't know who he is. Self-seeking, self-shielding, but the doctrine of Christ is not save thyself, but sacrifice yourself. There is no such thing as belonging to Christ and living to please yourself. That's heavy. I mean, that isn't even preached anymore. You going to church Sunday? I don't know. I was thinking about it. Never mind. There was a day that they shut stores down on Sunday. But now everybody goes, what's happened to America? Well, it's becoming increasingly more selfish. And we're talking three quarters of the Christians. We're talking about Christianity in America. Listen, most Americans are not seeking God. They're seeking a paycheck. They're seeking to have another house, a nicer, a better vacation. They're not putting God first at all. And your faith won't work because faith works by love. Well, that's, take, man, you don't know if y'all won't even leave that on the tape. This is Philippians 2. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own interest, but in the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourself, which also was in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2, 3 through 5. The thing that makes him Jesus is he wasn't selfish. That's a heavy statement. So that means there's a lot of flesh going on, right? And he told you and I, crucify it. Romans 12, 1, crucify your flesh. That means when your flesh rises up and goes, knackity, knackity, knack, you go, shut up, I'm fixing to kill you. And we're not going to do it your way, we're going to do it God's. And you are, your flesh is going, if you're going to walk with God, your flesh is going to suffer. You have a personal cross to bear. The will of God means that you're not going to get to do always what you want to do. If you want to be married, 
you're going to do something with your flesh. Wow. If you want to be a Christian, you're going to have to do something with your flesh. I always wondered what it would be like if I ever called this church to a fast. I'm going to tell you what would happen. I'm going to tell you what would happen. Nothing. I put out a card 21 days of, of I, I probably didn't have five people do that. I don't care what you said, Pastor. I'm busy. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of things God wants to do. You're going to have to get off of your program and get on his. That's, that's too much, isn't it? Next week, we'll talk a lot more about how much Jesus loves you. <laughs> now, I had a lot of these marked, but I, but I took my highlighter and I stuck the pages together and it ripped all the words off. And now I can't read my little book. Anyway, this is a good book, um, good little magazine. Not that everybody has sex problems, but, but he basically, Ravenhill made a statement. He said, all sin is is rebellion. You know to do right and said, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing that. Okay, never mind. Romans 13, are you there? 11. Do this. Knowing the time, it is high time for you to awake out of your sleep. For now your salvation is nearer than when you first believed. The night, it is far spent. The day is at hand. Cast off all of the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Walk properly in the day, not in reverently, drunkenness, lewdness, and lust, strife and envy. Put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for your flesh. Now that's a, that's a statement, isn't it? Now those are, those are script. We don't even preach on that much because, you, boy, you can't do that. We can't do that on Sunday morning. Dear, oh my gosh. Hebrews chapter 12, are you? Can we do one or two more? Can we do one more? We're going to do it anyway. Say yes. Why do you think the Bible said, stir up the gift? You know why? I was listening to Rick Renner this week, and it was really funny listening. Um, I was listening to him on podcast. And he said when him and his wife first moved to Moscow, they rented an apartment and they fixed it up. And they fixed it up beautiful. But, but before, the winter, before winter came, the city never got them any heat in. He said, I had seven fireplaces. Now, y'all have ever been to Moscow? But just think Minneapolis, Minnesota. Well, y'all exciting. Chicago. It's about the same. So we've got a year, a winter, with no heat, except he's got fireplaces. He said the apartment below them had, was all dilapidated. So the boys went down and day by day ripped up the flooring and brought it up and made a fire. He said, I had to learn to stoke a fire. Now, here's, here's how you do this. If, and I know y'all in Florida, you don't know nothing about no fire. But when you build that fire, that don't mean a thing in the world. 
That means after you build that fire and you're sitting there going, isn't that beautiful? Well, in about 10 minutes, you're going to walk by, pull the little screen out of the way, and get a little thing called a poker. And you better start moving some of them logs around because they're going to go out if you don't move them around. And then you got to step outside, and it's cold, and that's why you have a fire. And then you go in, and you bring them in the house, and you're walking in the barks flying all over the floor, and your wife is collaring at you. I just prepped that floor, you know. And you come in, and you dump them on the fireplace, and soot goes all over the place. And if you're going to keep, if you're going to have a fireplace, you're going to keep it going. Can I say something about your walk with God? You're going to keep it going. They're, they're, you're not accidentally walking with God. That means every day you're going to stoke the fire. You're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. You're going to get the Word of God out. You're going to read books. You're going to read. You're going to put it in your phone. Like I wake up, I do Rick Renner, and then I do another one, and then I do, listen, and, 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 I, and I listen to podcasts, and I pray in the Spirit, and I do that every day because I've learned if I don't keep the fire going, it's going to go out. And the devil's working on you overtime to make sure that it does go out. All right, are y'all okay? Romans 12. Hebrews 12. I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. 12, 12. Strengthen the hands that hang down and the feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet. So that whatever is lame may not be dislocated, but healed. Pursue peace with all people and, what's that next word? Holiness. Holiness. He's not talking about a bun on your head. Without which no one will see the Lord. Look carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, a root of bitterness springing up, trouble you, and by this many are defiled. Now, you're you're going to keep track of this constantly putting off the old man, putting on the new man is not something you did. I did that last year. I did that January. I I put off the old man, put on the new hallelujah. No, you better put him on today. Better wake up and go, I think I better put on some new man right now and be renewed in the spirit of my mind. Now, somebody said the only thing, the only problem there is with a living sacrifice is it keeps trying to climb off the altar. (laughs) That means you're in my flesh. You and I are going to have trouble with it all of our life. No condemnation. Don't you get in condemnation because you're imperfect and you haven't arrived. Nobody in this room has arrived. Nobody in this room can make it through the day without reading, praying, walking with God, stirring up the gift, and putting your flesh on it. Now, that helps you, doesn't it? That, I mean, that, that keeps condemnation. Now, I'm going to close with this one thing. The Bible says, walk in the spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of your flesh. That means you're not warring from, you don't beat flesh with flesh. That means you don't muster up enough willpower to straighten up. That means you go back to who you are in Christ. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart. Go to Romans 6. I want to show you one more thing before we close. How many of you are freed from sin? Did you know you need to tell yourself that? All right, I'm going to show you how to fight from victory now. Are you ready? Because this is very... 
I've done a pretty decent job tonight telling you about your flesh. Six twelve. Don't let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. You present yourself to God being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness for sin. Now, this is my confession. Sin has no dominion over me. I am not a sinner. Now, do you understand? I am fighting from victory. I'm not whining. Oh, God, I shouldn't have done that. Listen, you are going to fight all of your battles, which means that if you're having a bad day, get back in faith. Now, I'm not saying it's okay. Listen, if you've had a bad day, just go, oh, God, Dad messed that up. Don't tell anybody. Just get, get it under the blood. And then get your Bible back out and go, I am free from sin. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart, and I am patient, and I am kind. And now, now you're, not, you're not lying. You're fighting. You're walking in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, and then your flesh won't overtake you. But I'm just saying, don't go along life and just pretend like it ain't there. I don't have no flesh. Yeah, you do. All right, now let me say one more thing real quick. Baby Christians are going to be real bad about getting in condemnation when they do something wrong. And you need to know that. That's why people come in and, li- and they come to this church for a couple, two or three months, and then they leave. Because they had a failure. And rather than put it under the blood and go, nope, no, I'm a new creation. No, that doesn't define me. No. No, God loves me. Love, he loves me. He cares about me. Put it at 1 John 1, 9 is not just a thing that, you know, you can just live any way you want to live because you, you don't want to. Then you put that under the blood and then you get back in faith and you walk in the spirit. You see, if you're under condemnation, you're not going to pray in the Holy Ghost and you're not going to worship. Do you understand that? So that's why the devil tempts you. To get you to mess up. And then, oh, he starts pounding. You sorry, good for nothing, dog you. And you go, well, no, I'm not. That was wrong. It's none of your business. Now, Heavenly Father, forgive me. And now I'm just going to get back over in the spirit. Sin has no dominion over me. I'm not a sinner. Do y'all see what I did tonight? Took you all the way around and showed you, don't, don't run around acting like that ain't there. But don't get in condemnation either. You're going to have days, and we're going to see it when you walk in. Come walking in the door. How you doing? We're going to love on you. Get you back prayed up. Do y'all see this? Yes. Let me ask you a real dumb question. Does this help? Yes. You know, when I first got saved, I didn't know this. I, didn't, I thought that every time I got tempted, oh, my God, I'm still a sinner. <laughs> and then when I did something wrong, I really beat myself up. Have y'all ever done that? Just, 
you're just stupid. You know, you just, I didn't know. And God began to teach me who I am in Christ. I never learned to reconcile the spirit, the soul, and the body. I never really learned how to get all those guys to work together. Now, my personality, I rein my personality in more than you would think. I have a tendency to cowboy. I told you not to do that. Uh, I have to stop and go. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love. The more you practice, the better you get at it. Now, you have, when you start putting that guy on, you, you can get to the place where you get better and better at this. I'm not saying that you never get to the place where it's, it actually becomes easier. But the more you pray in the Spirit, the more you confess the Word of God, the easier this becomes. Now, you never get, no, nothing. now, I'm going to tell you, there is a day when you won't have to mess with this anymore. It will be at your funeral. We will be, we will talk about how you do not have, <laughs> he does no longer has problems with his flesh now. God's going to leave it here. All right, does this help, y'all? All right, well, I love you to pieces. God bless you. Let me pray over us before we go. Father God, thank you for the opportunity tonight. Open up the Word of God and talk about something that I think it's confusing to people. If we've got anybody in here right now living in condemnation because they've missed it, I'm just going to ask you to just um, bring them back, bring them back under grace, bring them back under your love, and show them how your love overcomes that. And as we turn from sin, we repent of it. And we have to realize that it doesn't have to rule us anymore. We can actually be free from it. And we can walk free from condemnation and guilt this side of heaven. And we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.